Hello and welcome! I'm AJ. I'm Alex. And this is NTVN, New Tech Vintage Nerds. Today we're going to talk about... Generative AI! Oh, you're going to talk about generative AI. Oh yes, I am. But first... Roll that intro! Go for it! Before I go way off on Gen AI, what did you print last week? What did I print last week? Well, actually the last three prints I did were uh, more or less plastic spaghetti. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, nice. I think that, well, honestly, I think that it's not the printer or the filament, but I think the design is a bit flaky. But um, actually, the last thing I did print is uh, a ceiling mount for a uh, motion sensor that I will mount in my hallway. Okay, that's nice. And just with PETG or? Uh, that is black PETG, yes. Oh, and cool. uh, it, it actually came out quite nice and i've fitted the sensor and it uh, fits perfectly so uh, eventually when when the uh, light fixture is ready because i'll have to make it myself from a uh, so make a wooden wooden cove along the ceiling and we'll have spotlights in it and in the middle it mm. will have the sensor mounted nice. so basically what you will see is the little black uh, circle and then the eye of the sensor poking out and that is all you will see from the sensor well, I only printed some things for my, well, actually for a friend's Quest 2. There's new head strap with a battery for the Quest 3. Kind of nice because the battery is higher up on your head. So when you want to watch movies on the thing, you don't get annoyed by the battery at the back of your head. So he wants the, to use the Quest 3 strap on the Quest 2. And apparently some intelligent person made something on Tingiverse. So uh, I, I printed that in orange uh, PLA, I believe, or, or PLA plus. Nice color. Oh, yes. I actually did, uh, did uh, publish my first design on Thingiverse. It's the uh, the mount for, uh, for Homie that I showed off last week. Okay. Let's put that in the show notes. Let's do that. Anyway. We're going to talk about Gen AI or generative artificial intelligence. Well, but you're going to talk about Gen AI because you do a lot with it. <laughs> I do. As far as I know. So what is Gen AI at all? Gen AI, generative AI is a computer or a program creating all kinds of fancy stuff based on uh, a large language model that uh, understands uh, your input and is able to do something with that input. So, for example, you can tell the computer, create a picture of a nice flower for my wife for Valentine's Day. And then it will create a picture and hopefully there's a, um, a rose on it uh, for Valentine's Day. Or some other flower. Yeah, or Valentine's Day, or a person called Valentine, or a bar with a logo Valentine, because it's all dependent on the input. Because it's a well neural network, you have to train the computer just like an infant learns. So you start to understand language, 
and you understand what that language means. So this is an apple and then you show an apple, this is an orange. When you in the future ask uh, to describe an orange, then you know it because you learn the language and you understand what the picture is uh, that's related to that, that sentence. The same way goes for uh, for the computer, for the, well, large language model, LLM. Um, that large language model understands or is able to determine, because can a computer understand? Is it sentient? Well, probably not. So, but it understands, it can derive what you want from it, and then it creates something. So it can create text or pictures or music or even uh, now video that's almost indistinguishable from filming it yourself. All right. So that's pretty cool. So you've been using Gen AI for, for quite some time, actually. How long have you been using Gen AI? I think I used it before JetGPT came around or at least in the publicity I started doing something with um, a stable diffusion. That that's something that can create images. Uh, so I, I think a, a year or two, three, perhaps. Well, okay. in in the past, I already started with things that people thought then that that you gotta have and that you have to understand before you can use a neural networks like uh, the programming language Lisp. It's a well. Something for another topic. I'm way too old. Okay, let's let's not mix it. Yeah. So, um, I mean, if it did, the large language model did take quite a a uh, a high fly in the in the past, say one and a half years, specifically after the release of ChatGPT. Uh, I think that was version three, wasn't it? Yeah. So, how have you experienced the changes? What how do you see that the change moving forward when when you look back at when you first started with Gen AI in general and ChatGPT specifically, and how it works now? Yeah, well, when I started, it was more gimmicky. It, it you could generate something with it, but for example, if you try to generate a picture of a human. Most of the time, there was something wrong, and you could see that it was uh, AI generated. For example, um, a person had three legs or six fingers, or right. eyes were not at the same height or uh, too close to each other, and and stuff like that. And if <laughs> okay. you if you generate a picture of a car, it it looks like a toy car uh, instead of a real car. So. Right. Bit more Picasso like than it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but these days the the generation is much better. There are even social media channels that use Gen AI for their person and their pictures. So the whole network, the whole influencing happens with generated images by an AI, and they are indistinguishable. At least if you are not familiar with what uh, is being generated, that these are indistinguishable from real pictures. Right. So it's, it's, it's amazing. It, it's happening fast and it's happening faster. Like uh, I use Midjourney for image creation these days. And in a year, I think we went from the model three to four to five, and we're now at six, or perhaps it was one and a half years. 
and the quality of the image is getting better and better and the things you can generate are better or are more real so if you generate a picture of tokyo night then it really looks like a tokyo night in real life not from the movies or from mario cards for example so what is it that you then generate for, i mean i can imagine that well you can ask everything and anything can you give us a couple of concrete examples what what kind of a picture you have ai generate for you um well when i write an article that's something i use gen ai as well for not not for the writing but for the for the outlining um i want to use pictures that are related to the content so i tell the ai i want a picture drawn with uh, charcoal of a well for my last article on the digital cleanup day i want an an image of emails and tweets lying in the streets in black and white that's one of the things i do i want it in black and white so it gen then generates an image of that uh, specific uh, setup all right um, Interesting. i did an article on smart kitchens well then i say um, generate an image based on a house that could look like the house of the jetsons with uh, rosie the robot in it um, but created in uh, in pencil, black and white. So j just for the images on uh, on the website, as, as well as I want every article to have a thumbnail. We've done a lot of blogging in the past, so uh, I'm keen on thumbnails in in, uh, in my articles that are not copyrighted. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I remember that one. Yeah. So it's it's pretty easy to create an image. That's not copyrighted. Well, officially not copyrighted. The whole other thing on what it learned from the, the large language model, but that, that's something for the for the lawyers. But these kind of things, as well, this podcast, um, I asked the AI, give me some questions that Alex might ask me about uh, generative AI. And then he ignores them. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's all in the game, isn't it? So... Um, looking at, at pictures that you generate, right, um, and, and you already talked about uh, um, the, uh, the copyright thing, um, if you write an article, I mean, how do you distinguish things that you write yourself from things that generative AI creates, and, and, and what's your vision on that? Um, well, because this I, is a hot topic, right, especially yeah. amongst, amongst writers. Um, yeah, I don't use the AI for the writing part itself. I use the AI to give me ideas on the topics I can write about. Uh, for example, I want to do something about home automation. Give me the 50 largest companies and tell me what their products are so that I can write about it. Or... If I would write an article on digital uh, cleanup day, how would you break uh, an article up? Well, I, I know you have to do the introduction and the main and then the, the kicker or the call to action, but it's, it's nice that somebody wrote out, this 
you can do this in your in, uh, introduction and then rewrite it that it's a real um, my text that's there. So I, right. I only use it for prompting and guidance. I do, however, use it for translation. Um, I write one of the articles I write in English, one of the articles I write in Dutch, and I could throw them in Google Translate. I could translate them myself, but I'm no, not lazy. There, there are the tools for it. So why should I take the time to translate it? No, so that's the, true. Although, what I, I understand that these engines get more effective and more um, efficient uh, almost by the day. But I do find that if you have an AI engine translate a document into a different language, it tends to. Um, let's say miss specific language constructs that uh, that you would use when you were when you would be a native speaker. If you understand what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes and no. Most yes. Um, if you dump it into Google Translate, I'm not sure how it's this week because I haven't used it in a while, but. Um, it didn't understand very well. So we all heard in the, in Dutch probably make that the cat wise, uh, a <laughs> yeah. translation that, that doesn't mean anything in English, but it does in, in Dutch. It does. Yes. Um, if you throw that in JetGPT, then it makes a real translation on what it would mean in English. So it, it's, it's not perfect. But it's it's getting better, and it, it's better in the nuances of the language. Yeah, yeah. So it, it used to ignore that completely, and and you now see that with the um, with the new generations that it gets better at at using different constructs for different languages and polish the the language usage a bit. It's not yeah. there yet. It's not quite there yet, but it's getting there. Yeah. You still have to know the language, in my opinion, because it sometimes makes a mess out of it. Yeah. Or it condenses your language. So you you really have to prompt the 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 engine. What do I want it to do? I want an exact translation. Then it will exactly translate it. And then it will say, "Make that the cat wise." Yeah, literally. Yeah. But if you say um, translated this in English, keep the context, then it will effectively uh, write the article just in, in another language. Yeah. But if you say, well, uh, translate it to English and uh, let it sound like Einstein uh, wrote it, then the whole context and the whole language will be more like his research and his papers instead right. of my voice. Right. More of a scientific. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it's fun to toy with it. Uh, I had a question of, uh, somebody in a musical group. Can we do something with, uh, I believe it was Mozart. Can we discuss with Mozart about a play that, that he did well with, with jet GPT, you can, you can create a well, an, an agent 
then you say uh, to the AI and it's called, uh, well, I don't know what it's called. There's a term for it, but let's call it priming. So you say to the AI, imagine or from this moment forward, you are Mozart and you will answer in the way that Mozart did based on his music. And every question you ask him will be related to his language, his life, his time. And the same goes for, well, I use it for search engine optimization. You are a search engine optimization expert and everything you do will be in that context. Yeah. So you can ask what tags will, uh, will work on YouTube or which tags I shouldn't uh, avoid. How should we get a bigger audience for this wonderful podcast? Uh, exactly. Well, it's making great content is, is uh, every time the answer it gets. So let's do that. So it's, it's yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's a new toy in, a, in the toolbox. So how does this affect the way you do what you do? It's easier. I, I, I do the, th the same things, the writing I, I do myself, the, the, the thinking, the, the, creative work i still do the, uh, myself but the time between the things will get shorter so i know for for the podcast i have to make sure that all the silence is removed well i, I use ai for it because uh, i can do it myself but why should i if i have a tool for that i need a great introduction well I can do that myself, but why not let AI do the transcript, uh, the, the writing out of the, the podcast, and then I can say, summarize it and make a great first uh, uh, a sentence for YouTube. I mean, yeah. you, you, you get lazy, or you could say, I have time to do real preparation for what we are going to talk about. We tend to be lazy, to be honest. <laughs> no, we, we tend to be effective. We uh, use the tool and the time that we have to do the things we do. Yeah, and economical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, using, using Gen AI, right, um, in, it, it, I mean, it doesn't replace your, your, your own creativity, but it, it, it enhances it more, sort of less. So yeah. would you say that with Gen AI, you would come to different solutions for a, uh, uh, for a problem or a, uh, something you want to achieve instead of not using Gen AI? Would, you come, would, it, would it be a different outcome? Um, I'm not sure if it would be a different outcome, but a outcome with a higher quality. Um, I mean, I can do Photoshop and I can create pretty nice pictures with it, but using Gen AI for it, it's the, the quality is better. It's more of a complete picture. Um, when I want to do an article, I already have the the outline in my head this is what i want to convey this is what i want to tell um, and then i ask the ai to help me get that across could i do it myself yes do it differently no because i'm stubborn and it's going to be my own way of writing um, then again it mean that that makes it your message yeah i mean that doesn't 
the the gen ai uh, influence um diminish your um your influence your style the your personality into the the um the content that you create yeah i i think that's that's the most important thing because of course you can let ai do everything create the whole picture create the whole article create the whole video these days but where do i stop where do, does the ai start in that sense i tell the ai this is the prompt and go forth and procreate well uh, things that come to mind uh, are skynet and genesis from uh, from movies exactly. so yeah i really do think that we as creators we as professionals still have an image in our head and like one of the things is um what was it called the, the tale of two creations first we think of it then we make it um but the part is getting more first we imagine it then we help we're helped by ai to fine-tune it and then create it yeah I, I, I get where you're going with this. So, um, totally different question. And not on the script. Um, <laughs> what else is new? What else is new? Exactly. I mean, otherwise it would be AI, right? Um, but how do you go about this? So, um, you sit down, you want to write an article, and what tools do you use? How do you go about this? Where do you go? What is it you use? Okay. First, I use Obsidian. We talked about that last time. Um, my main tool for writing is Obsidian. I have a library with ideas that I want to write about. And, and you filled you filled that yourself. That library is yeah, yeah, your yeah. brain dump. Yeah. So I have Obsidian always open, and uh, I have, I made a button on the screen. This is a new idea. Then it creates a template, or off a template, it creates a new file with. Um, it's an idea. Uh, this is the priority. It's most of the time a uh, uh, medium because then I can go up and I can go down. Um, I have like five um, priorities and the, the fifth is uh, one day, someday. Like, well, th this is interesting, but I don't want to write about it in, in the near future but it's still an idea to explore when I have the time and everything else is depleted. I'll, I'll look at it someday. And, and I put it somewhere on the left part of my screen so that I, I don't see it that often because I want to focus on my priorities. And when I go to write something based on those ideas, then I go into, well, research. Then I go browse on the internet and there is where I use AI. An article I wrote about smart kitchens. What kind of things you have in a kitchen? I know a couple, but um, what more is there to do in a smart kitchen? So I came out with uh, smart lighting, timers and stuff like that. And I asked AI, what am I missing? Are there any more topics? Well, obviously your, there's your appliances and um, there's uh, the timers I already mentioned, but there was something else like um, the electronic cookbook where you do your recipes um, in. 
or collaboration with recipes. I think, well, nice idea, but I don't want it in my smart kitchen. I, and I didn't write about it. So then I write the article and I have an image in mind that I want to have as the article header and thumbnail. Then I go to Midjourney and, and I start typing out what I have in my mind for that article. Imagine a kitchen from the Jetsons, blah, blah. Um, Including Rosie. Yeah. And then I really sit down and start writing. And if I don't have the structure in my head, introduction, main part, call to action, uh, then I say to AI, JetGPT in this case, give me an outline where I focus on how the quality of life will improve with a smart kitchen. And then it uh, dumps something in, uh, in Obsidian. And then I can write that article. So I really do the writing myself. So and it gives you a sort of a slog. Yeah. And you build from there. Yeah, exactly. All right. And then I paste it into, uh, what's it called? Official Studio Code. Um, because I have a static website and it will generate pages. And then I translate it again with uh, AI. Right. Why do you translate it? Um, I primarily write in Dutch, but I see that some articles I write about, uh, especially in the past about Luxon and Luxberry and uh, disabling Wi-Fi on Sonos, that there's a lot of interest for those kind of articles. Oh, by the way, we talked about Luxon and Luxberry last episode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Link uh, <laughs> in the show notes. Um, so that, that's that's why I translate because you don't know what you don't know and you don't know what people want to read because the articles are great. But then it, they need to be accessible. And I totally accept that not everybody talks or reads Dutch, but I don't want to do it in yeah, I know it's uh, it's surprising. It is, <laughs> but it's a universal I, I, language. Sorry, it's a universal language. It is. <laughs> um, no, but but I don't want to write only in English, because then I'm missing the parts in Dutch. Yeah. So I could have easily made off with let Google Translate do the automatic translation. But, well, I, I don't like those translations. Right. So up to now, we have Obsidian that you use for writing. We have the web page that you use to create the slug. So that was Mature? Yeah, Mid Journey. Mid Journey. There yeah, you go. Those are create the real images. Okay. And ChatGPT. Yeah. So those yeah. are the tools you use. Yeah. Um thinking if i miss anything no not not really yeah, yeah. google google wow google obviously to research and see if yeah i mean I, I, I don't count a browser and uh, and an internet connection because those are fairly obvious right so you, yeah. you need those for access anyway for some of my writing i use and i'm looking at the left of my screen um mac whisper whisper uh, yeah, Mac Whisper okay. um, makes a transcript of a MP3. So, um, all right, 
when we do this podcast, I export it as uh, video and MP3, and the MP3 goes into uh, Mac Whisper. Uh, it creates an automatic transcript. It, it's so, it sort of tries to interpret what we're saying. Yeah, and it fails miserably. I'm not sure if that's our pronunciation of the English or that our tech jargon is too uh, too much. But then it, it creates a transcript, and then I can ask uh, Meg Whisper, um, what did we talk about? What are the highlights? Um, what are the numbers that we're talking about? And then it spits out those things, and then I can write the accompanying article or the headlines for... Uh, uh, Mastodon and Twitter, uh, sorry, X. Um, and then I I still need to create the, the fancy lines and the, the call to action, but the hard work, the listening to us going on and on about photography, for example, that does uh, make whisper, and then I can read it and uh, summarize it. All right. So you know, coming to a close on this, what do you think is is most important for people to know about about generative AI? Because you know, there is a, there are a lot of misunderstandings out there. Yeah, um, I think it's important that you uh, brush up on your knowledge about Gen AI. You could say, I know nothing about it, and I don't want to know anything about it, but. It will be used by people to do interesting things. Um, it, it will be used in your day job. It will be used in your uh, personal life. If it's not the uh, the, um, the the speech assistant or, or the like um, uh, Google, uh, what's it called? Uh, Google Assistant and, and uh, S I R I. <laughs> Everywhere, or she who shall not be named from Amazon. Exactly. So it will be used, and if you don't use it, it means that somebody else is using it, and that your value gets lower on the market. So if you use it uh, in your personal life, you train yourself for your job. So uh, I think that's that's one of the most most important things next to you can create fantastic stuff and why pay somebody else a, a large sum of money if you can do it yourself. I, I mean, I hope that they pay me, but now the, the, the whole knowing prompting and real, how do I ask something from the computer that that's getting more and more important. It is, it is going to be the new, the new Google, isn't it? Yeah. Basically. Yeah. I mean, yeah, whoever indeed. whoever wins the artificial intelligence uh, battle, if you can speak of that, uh, is is the one who will be the next Google. Oh yeah, absolutely, and it it changes the way we we well we search or we learn. Like now, you need to know what do you want to find. I mean, it, it's about searching, but you have to find something. So you asking asking the right questions to a search engine is is something you have to be taught. Yeah, and now it is you ask uh, what Gen AI tools are available. Um, that you you can ask that. 
on uh, on Google and Google throws something out, well, you got obviously got to use Gemini. That's the one from Google uh, these days. But you could also ask, give me uh, on an AI, give me the the tools, list them in order, and give me a list of who is paying for that tool with um, uh, investors. So you it it gives you more more power to really do something with the data you get right well closing off i think it's quite interesting uh, specifically the way it influences your your writing and the way you do your uh, your creative process so thanks for sharing that well and you also have a top tip on that uh, yes because you can do a lot um, with prompting uh, you can create your own agent you can do a lot of stuff on the OpenAI website for JetGPT, but there's also a tool that's called Typing Mind, and Typing Mind makes it possible that you can organize all your prompts and keep the history of things locally. And there's even a self-hosted tool, or sorry, a um, private tool. Obviously, you've got to pay for it, uh, but then it, it makes it easier to all to do to do these kind of things. So it's a, it's a great tool. L let me see what I wrote about it or what the AI wrote about it. Now it's an UI for JetGPT. It has chat history, search folders, and it uses the API directly. So no more going to the website, just install the, the local um, web app and it, it starts using the API. It's quicker. You can select any API, uh, any uh, large language model. Uh, so you can use Gemini. If you got uh, API uh, for that, you can use um, Claude and the ChatGPT Turbos, and you, you can easily select those. Uh, but you got to pay for it. I don't exactly remember what it costs, but I will put it in the show notes when I find it. So that's a great, uh, great, uh, great tip, I think. All right, thanks very much. And next time will be about PFSense. And I'm not going to talk about it because Alex has already put his home through the test. So that concludes this episode. Thank you for watching or listening. See you next time. <laughs>